Good evening, everybody. My name is Ray, and we're going to be discussing some hot button issues tonight. Um, definitely a lot of Israel, Ukra uh, not Israel, Ukraine, Israel, Palestine, sort of Palestine's involved with this, but mostly uh, or Conservative Inc. So we're going to have a bunch of topics tonight. But Conservative Inc. is kind of going to be the main thread that kind of connects these topics. So some of the topics will include uh, the pro-life debate versus the pro-life industry. And, um, you know, certain person at, you know, the Babylon Bee being very blue-pilled on this. So we're going to talk a lot about the Ben Shapiro, Candace Owens thing, which I think a lot of people are kind of excited to talk about. We're going to discern Candace Owens versus Ben Shapiro. And I don't know how much you're informed on this topic uh, about their beef. Um, I'm, I've been pretty up to speed on and seeing what a lot of conservatives have been saying. Um, so it's, it's actually interesting that it's actually being covered in relatively short order. Like they're not waiting a week before commenting on it. So you're getting, which might've been more the case with the Crowder drama because him leaving the blaze kind of prevents blaze from commenting on it. And, you know, not everyone wants to touch the him daily wire beef first. A lot of people were quick to touch his divorce news, though. But that's true. But this one, everyone's jumping on this one. And it is reflective of a sort of a civil war on the right, which to some degree I understand. I think some of it is just kind of baseless. Like some some people don't like what it takes to win a war. And that makes them nervous, that makes them scared, that makes them reluctant. And you see that in dead societies, in my opinion, like look at South Korea, like in the Korean war, they took care of the communists. They killed a lot of communists in Korea, but now you see the Koreans walking that back. They're not proud of that. And obviously there's some world war two examples, like, you know, at, America's not happy about, you know, firebombing Tokyo or whatever, but you more see that with firebombing Dresden is seen as crossing a line, even though it wasn't the Wehrmacht that the British declared war on. It was Germany. Uh, if you ever read a declaration of war, they're really short, by the way, but that's who they declared war on. So Israel is doing what it takes to win a war, and that makes some people on the right uncomfortable. Some people on the right just reject zionism so there's a bit of a reactionary thing to it as well i think candace owens has the race thing going on where i don't think black people really identify jews as a victim class and i don't think that's going to change so those are some of my opening thoughts on you know why the civil war exists do you have anything to add to that i mean i i do think the there's growing tension with the i guess i won't say jewish just jewish presence in the establishment but let's go ahead and use that language because you have ai pack which candace owens was directly going after and you know people are starting to notice that presence on the right um obviously you have a lot of anti-war sentiment which you know trump ushered in the party of or the, the Republicans as a party against war, as opposed to Bush with endless wars. To add on to that, Trump was the realization of the Ron Paul wing of the Republican Party in terms of foreign policy ambitions. 
he was their realization of that. He was the successor of that. That's why the Ron Paul supporters from 2012 did not back Rand Paul, who I would have thought was more electable. And you thought that the Republican Party could unite around Rand Paul maybe in 2015, right? But that didn't happen. They, that crowd went to Trump. So. Uh, but yeah, I think. And then the third part being, right? you know, the victimhood mentality of one group is perfectly acceptable. But again, I think people are starting to be like to notice that, hey, who was pushing the nonsense on the university campuses? And now that it's turned against their preferred group, it's all of a sudden taboo. And uh, Elon Musk made that point. Elon Musk made that point. Matt Walsh has made that point. And, and of course, Charlie Kirk made that point. You know... So, not I, I forgot about the Charlie Kirk thing, but we can. De I have that clip still ready from last week because I don't delete any tabs. And you sent me this. Uh, but first, I want to let you know Evangelical Dark Web is a uh, Christian news gathering and commentary ministry. So you can support us over at our Patreon like system at evangelicaldarkweb.org slash join. Uh, and that helps you direct the content and research of this ministry. Uh, for instance, that John Hagee video was all done because of you guys that are supporters over at evangelicaldarkweb.org. So this is uh, something you sent me last week. It's Lauren Whitkey, Whitsky uh, published this video. Here's what Democrats are going to, what Jewish Democrats or Jews in general are going to have to make a decision. Until you crush the cultural Marxist lens of which they view the world, you will never actually be able to build support for Israel. You cannot subsidize support and play footsie with cultural Marxism and have a future for the state of Israel. So you have to choose. And Jews have been some of the largest funders of cultural Marxist ideas and supporters of those ideas over the last 30 or 40 years. Stop supporting causes that hate you. Now you might say, well, you know, how is one thing applied to the other? If you train a generation of you everything through an oppressor-oppressed lens, they will apply that lens to the Israel-Hamas conflict. The same way that they apply it to the police issue, the gender issue, good guy, bad guy, somebody on top, somebody on bottom. Until you cleanse that ideology from the hierarchy and the academic elite of the West, there will not be a safe future. I'm not going to say Israel won't exist, but Israel will be in jeopardy as long as the Western children children of the West are being taught with primarily Jewish dollars subsidizing it to view everything through oppressor oppressed dynamic until you shed that ideology you will not be able to build the case for Israel because they view Israel as an oppressor here's what so your thoughts on that clip from uh, Charlie Kirk the Disby cringe Zionist yeah and that, that's why I was actually kind of impressed that he even went there and that shows that maybe he's a little bit more you know based on certain things than he lets on but obviously he is probably more or less beholden and he knows that these interests exist especially on the right but yeah I've, spot on the money and that might be the best way to appeal to those normie boomer cons is this charlie kirk angle i don't want to call it like a third way but you know he's able to kind of straddle that line that maybe gets enough boomers to buy in now uh, i i gotta disagree is, with that oh i haven't gotten but, to the problem okay 
the problem is that the that there's a certain event in history that is the ultimate victim to oppress certain narrative that a certain group will never let go because it is the ultimate it's more potent than slavery so until they let that go then their whole victim oppression narrative can never go away because it's the bedrock of a certain narrative okay so here's where i don't think that charlie kirk is right or making a point i mean first of all he's better men than him have tried to make that exact same point and i'm talking about winston churchill tried to make that exact same point because what charlie kirk is trying to do is use zionism to appeal to jews to forego bolshevism that is the same exact argument that winston churchill tried almost 100 years ago did it work when winston churchill tried it no how is it going to work if charlie kirk tries it uh, i'm not saying it'll work on on jews particularly but that's it who he's work. talking to though he's talking to them but i think the playbook act works better on the boomers those normies i mean right now i think like public support for ceasefire despite you know for whatever reason whether they're pro hamas whether they're just anti-war whatever the their undergirding reasons the public support for ceasefire is greater so i mean the market greater than what the lack I, of support for i it? think it's i think it is a majority at this point Okay. So majority of Americans favor ceasefire if you believe polls, which so I think the appetite for this rhetoric exists now that probably was not present during the days of Winston Churchill. I don't know, because I'm a little fuzzy on what year he exactly wrote it, because I think it was written well before World War Two, like in the 1920s. Uh, and when, you know, I guess around the time of the Balfour Declaration and all that other stuff. So I'm a little fuzzy on when it was written, but nonetheless, that's greater men than him have tried that argument. And I think you saw the Soviets kind of respond to that argument and they kind of withdrew their support for Israel after affirming it in the UN, they kind of withdraw their support and, you know, they make proxy allies out of Israel's initial enemies. So I think the Bol the Bolsheviks in the Soviet Union recognized that you could pit the two against each other, but I think the majority of those who would favor Zionism to Bolshevism live in Israel, because isn't that where you would naturally want to go if you believe in this ideology? And that's why you see Democrats vote, what, 80% Jewish? Or, sorry. Jew, Jews vote 80%. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I might be more 70, but 77, 75, mid 70s. I, I, I just think it's better. It works better. It's a message that works a little bit better on, on normies. I mean, it's the same rhetoric that allows you to say, expose the 80, like ban the ADL. It's kind of like that messaging. It's if you play that line and pit like the normies against the ADL and their rhetoric, I mean, I think the playbook exists if enough people would use it. So the Charlie Kirk thing is somewhat of a follow-up to the last video I did on Charlie Kirk, where I talked about basically he's worshiping Israel. He's worshiping Jews. And, you know, he's praying at the Western Wall, which I say Christians should not do. That's not a holy site for Christians whatsoever. Like that is not morally different than praying at the, doing a Hajj. Like there, there's nothing there uh, for Christians to really pray to or pray at or catholic relics or crucifixes and 
the rosary as some, you know, right. all the so, things that Protestants call idols and, and, you know, the Western wall is not one of them. Yeah, apparently not. And so we talked about that. So Charlie Kirk, you know, wants to say, you know, bless those who bless God blesses those who bless Israel. You know, to mean modern day Israel. And then he wants to argue, he wants to triangulate Winston Churchill's style between Zionism and Bolshevism. How coherent is that message? Because he is trying to target Jews with that conversation. But he's also trying to appear based, but it's like you your your cringe factor is so high, even this statement doesn't really balance out the force, if you know oh. I mean, again, as much as we harp against Charlie Kirk, I do think it's still positive development in his direction. And I'll give him credit for at least making the point. I mean, again, others are making the point. So when you get like a Matt Walsh type, who is probably one of the more influential guys over at Daily Wire, uh, when you start when you start getting them subtly slipping this idea in there, I, you're now, getting, I don't know if Ben Shapiro has slipped this idea out there yet. No, because, you know, again, I don't think it, it'll convince the, the J Jewish Americans. I just think it will convince, I think it plays better with normies. Because I mean, you're almost killing them with kindness to win the argument. Yeah, and I don't think that's a very successful strategy. Uh, I don't think it works. I don't think it converts Jews to Christianity. No, I don't think it's going to be effective on that group. Right. You know whose uh, parents converted to Christianity? Mother, specifically. Karl Marx. Now, from what I've researched, they didn't have a strong faith in that family. But I, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, so some people who, I guess, use it to hate Jews by saying that Karl Marx was Jewish, which might is technically true from the modern Israeli definition. But, I, yeah, he technically grew up in a Christian convert family, uh, at least, or an inter-ethnic marriage or inter-religious marriage. So I, I do want to talk about the Babylon Bee for a second. So... We have a lot to talk about. Glenn Beck is the initial inspiration, but I do want to cover the Babylon Bees, Joel Berry, uh, going full Reddit hard, arguing punishing, arguing against punishing baby killers. I wrote this article last night. Um, it's kind of been something going on all week. Uh, Smash Bales, if you're in the chat or if you watch this, you know, shout out to you for kind of drawing out this discussion. So he uh, tweeted the other day, uh, pro-life industry, abortion is murder, abolitionist, you're right. And women who kill their unborn children are murderers and should be treated as such. Pro-life industry, no response. So Joel Berry is, the, I believe, the managing editor at the Babylon Bee. Uh, is his official title. And he's sometimes a little blue-pilled. Like, very blue-pilled on immigration, I would say. So looking at this tweet, uh, Joel Berry... Let me zoom in some more. Uh, so are you saying that women who get an abortion is the exact same kind of killer as the guy here? And Smash Bales, you know, just posted a, a murder headline. That's really all you need to know about that. Uh, because that assertion would be so anti-human and detached from reality, 
it would border on psychotic. So that's Joel Barry saying that. And Smash Bales holding the line says, yes, they're both killers. And it is a but it is objectively more evil for a mother to murder her own child than for someone to kill a stranger. You agree with that? I mean, there is a second level of depravity that goes there. Like no one would say that like a parent or a child that kills their parent. Like, you know, that's like a, you know, fratricide or brother killing brother. Yeah, there's certainly regicide, fratricide. Well, there's certainly a, a more patricide i guess i don't know what uh, killing children is called or killing your children is called infanticide is the general term for it though which we're going to talk about the history of infanticide but yeah i mean uh, i think it's a lot more agency like in moral i guess depravity or total depravity you know you're going deeper into that to kill someone of your own blood yeah and there's something about kin slaying that is you know seen as wrong uh Catholics were very much against it. Uh, so, yes, they're both killers, and killing them, you know, your own children is actually even more evil. And I think that's true. There's something even more unnatural about that because you're, you know, it's natural for a mother to love her own child. That is completely natural, but this does flip down on its table. Joe Barry responds saying, So, you think the legal system should be harsher towards an 18 year old who buys plan B? after a one night stand than a guy who kills stranger who killed strangers. How does this look in reality to you? Lethal injection for the 18 year old, the gallows. What is it murder or not is the response that smash bales gives. And Joel Barry says, I'll only answer your question. When you answer mine gallows, you know, lethal injection, bring your ideas to the real world and test them. Let's go. So let's actually bring these ideas to the real world because they've been brought to the real world for centuries. So let's well, talk about. Well, let me just say, I read, I saw this case, and I forget what it's some like general AP style news organization, but it was like in New Mexico. Literally, a girl, a teenage girl, gives birth in a hospital and suffocates the baby in a trash can in that hospital. And she was lying throughout the entire visit of whether she was pregnant. And of course, the doctors figure out she's pregnant because they run a blood test. But yeah, she literally lies through her teeth the entire time and strangles and suffocates a child in a trash can after giving birth in a hospital, like without anyone in a hospital bathroom. So, and the idea that she shouldn't be punished for that, which is functionally an abortion. Functionally, yes. And historically, that's always what it's been. So uh, I see Formos and Black Bear has a comment about, if I can find it. It's not showing up on my chat overlay, but it's showing up on the YouTube feed that I see. Um, something about, you know, to pass your child to the fire and what that looks like and what that functionally means is, yes, that is uh, what abortion functionally was in the Old Testament. You'll see that certain kings pass their child through the fire. That means they sacrifice their own children. I believe Ahab was one of those kings. I could be wrong, but I'm just trying to name names here. I think Ahab was one of them. I also think Ahab was kind of gay too, because there's a lot of eunuchs around, and you don't. And I believe there's also male prostitutes and stuff like that during his day. So, not a good guy. So Joe Barry calls punishing baby killer killing mothers a hypothetical that's never been tested in the real world. The problem is throughout Christendom, this isn't true. Although there were centuries where the Catholic Church did not take infanticide seriously. Um, 
they rectified this with the Council of Florence in 1439. I mean, was there a policy before? I'm just I, I think it was treated more as a sin issue and not a crime issue. However, it's also important to note that with European history, this is an era of rising crown authority, uh, to use a video game term. So the rising crown authority of European powers led to some of what we're about to talk about, which is the legal code for this for infanticide being added to a national legal code. All right. So whereas more, before it might have been more regional or feudal. So, so to speak. more political stabilization and more, I guess, formal legal codes brought about stronger restrictions. I think that's one of the reasons why we see the laws on the books happen after 1439. But in 1439, this is a somewhat ecumenical council. Like it does attempt to bridge the divide between Catholics and Eastern Orthodox. So it's an important to recognize that in terms of this council. Uh, some good came out of this council, some bad, like the good being that this council focused more on actually the bad being that this council focused more on the purgatory thing. I think a lot of that doctrine came out of this council, but um, this council did have, it, it followed through on a logical conclusion that unbaptized babies go to hell. And therefore, infanticide is a high crime is basically the logic that came out of this meeting. So not the best explanation, but. Well, I, I would say that the children of unbelievers who are prematurely dead, you know, I, I don't think there's a strong biblical case that God rescues those children. I can't prove it 100% false. I can't prove it 100% true. I just don't think the case is very strong. I think the case is strong for believers. And I think if someone has an abortion, you know, during their days of degeneracy comes to Christ, I think there's hope that they could see their, the child that they murdered in heaven. So I, th those are my views. And you see that with the story of David and Bathsheba. And that's generally a reformer's argument. So, I mean, I was, other people go with the, uh, age of accountability which i don't think is in the bible but i mean if you're looking at what like calvin says yes he would say that the believe that the children unto believers have that kind of grace attached to it as far as like the infants so that is that is in line with a lot of the i guess protestant reformation and the reformed theologians so, so 1439 council of florence kind of changed the church's attitude on this and it does trickle down to the European powers as their crown authority is rising. They pass national codes on these things. Uh, this one's a pretty interesting one. The Cons Constitutio Criminales Carolina, 1532. It's um, an effort of Henry V, or sorry, Charles V of the Holy Roman Empire. Uh, not a very friendly king towards or emperor towards Protestants, if we're being honest. But uh, nonetheless, he does place limitations on medieval torture methods requiring due process. So you might think of this as a very messed up law in terms of you, you're allowing torture and stuff like that. But this placed limitations on medieval torture. So this, this law isn't exactly uh, completely unjust. It's, it is, you know, outside of the current time. So... One such crime mentioned in the uh, in this code 
was infanticide. So when a girl, this is like section 35, I guess, when a girl purportedly a maiden comes under suspicion of having secretly held, had and killed a child, it shall be especially inquired whether she has seen, she was seen with a large and unusual body and further whether the body then became smaller and she was then pale and weak. When such and similar is discovered and where a girl is a person of whom such a suspected crime could be believed, then she shall be inspected by knowledgeable women in an enclosed space. So far as the facilities further inquiry, so far that facilitates further inquiry. And if the suspicion is there confirmed and nonetheless, she will not confess the dead, she may be examined under torture. So that, that's the part one. And then the part two of that is when, when, however, the baby was killed only in such a short time before that the milk in the breast of the mother has not yet gone away, then she is maybe milked in her breast. And when mother's milk is found in the breast, there is in consequence a so strong presumption for the use of examination under torture. Since, however, some physicians say that for several natural reasons, a woman who has not born a child may have milk in the breast when therefore a girl exculpates exculpates herself in this way she shall be further investigated by the midwife or other so this actually requires some sort of gynecologic gynecological checkup before you do the medieval torture as opposed to just going straight there your, your thoughts on medieval law so far I mean, obviously, we like to look down on the medievals, but yeah, obviously, they kind of knew a thing or two about medicine, at least in the regards to pregnancy. Uh, so, moreover, we got some English tradition. Now, obviously, our, our legal tradition does not allow torture to acquire a confession, uh, you know, needless to say. So, but this demonstrates that the Holy Roman Empire viewed infanticide as a capital crime. So now we have the uh, English tradition that includes the Infanticide Act of 1624. So we're just after the Puritans and we're slightly before the English Civil War. Interesting time period for English people. Um, and here's the quote from, an, from the act. Um, an act to prevent the destroying and murdering of, a, of bastard children. Statutes of the realm. Whereas many lewd women that have delivered, uh, that have been delivered of bastard children to avoid their shame and to escape punishment do secretly bury or conceal the death of their ch children. And after, if the child be found dead, the said woman do allege that the said child was born dead. Whereas it falleth out sometimes, although hardly it is to be proved that said child or children were murdered by said by the said woman, their lewd mothers, or by their assent or procurement. And it goes on to say that if any, if any woman be delivered of any issue of her body, male or female, which being born alive, should by the law of this laws of this realm be a bastard, and that she endeavor privately, either by drowning or secret burying thereof, 
or in any way, either by herself or the procuring of others, so to conceal the death thereof, as that it may not come to light, whether it were born alive or not, but be concealed in any every such case, the said mother so offending shall suffer death, dot, 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 except such mother can make proof by any, by one witness, at the least, that the child whose death was by her so intended to be concealed was born dead. Is there anything unjust about that law? I mean, and again, the standard of one witness to defend innocence. There's like even the, a huge case of reasonable doubt there. I, I like the preamble, which talks about lewd women, and it talks about this woman's reputation. So it kind of talks about, hey, these are sluts. Well, I mean, let's which you don't see, you know, evangelicals don't, or a lot of the pro-life industry doesn't want to acknowledge promiscuity. I mean, let's just be honest. The people that are the customers for, or the people that are customers for abortion are generally doing it out of wedlock. Right. And there are disturbing a number of people who are married and nonetheless uh, go with abortion. So it's a disturbing trend, obviously, which I think you're going to see more of married people getting it. I mean, didn't Abigail Johnson, the, you know, I'm thinking of from the unplanned movie and all that. Didn't she get an abortion while she was married? I don't know. I don't know her story all that well. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie, but that was my impression. So I thought that that's a pretty just law. Now, Joel Berry apparently wouldn't think so, but he's part of Conservative Inc., I guess. So both of these instances are nationalized laws regarding infanticide. It was not until the 19th century that these laws were scaled back and infanticide was viewed as a lesser crime as opposed to a capital crime. According to one study in the, and that's from the National Institutes of Health is where I got that. In the 17th century, the rate of execution of women for this crime was one per 100,000 inhabitants. So to answer Joel Berry's objection, this has been tried in the real world. So then he goes full Reddit and he says, yes, abortion is murder. I also think that the abolition slash hashtag not a victim crowd is home to some of the most cruel and graceless people on the, on the planet who've deluded themselves into thinking that they're compassionate just because they oppose baby murder, which is the lowest possible bar. He goes on to say in this conversation and thread, OT law demanded stoning of rebellious teens. If you're going to claim that we should adopt OT law to be consistent and adapt it all, equal weights and measures, John, and he's talking to a person named John, not John Harris, by the way. Um, this is a Reddit tier argument. Um, he might as well be arguing about mixing fabrics and eating shellfish because that's how uncomfortable he is with the prescription of the Bible and the historic precedent for following it in these instances. And those who want to obfuscate the sin of baby killing will ultimately do so in opposition to God's word and with no good retort. That's kind of how I end the article. I like how Ted Cruz made the exact same thing in regards to Uganda. He did, didn't he? He made, he made the, he went to the same exact passage. Yeah, that's a disturbing trend that you see in conservative ink. Is so, Joe Barry claimed to be a Christian or no? Joe Barry's yes, yes, he does claim to be a Christian. He, so he's he actually would, been pretty based lately, and then he just completely walked it back with that. 
uh, and then didn't Joe Barry fire someone in a tweet? I I want to say maybe, but I would say that Seth Dillon might be doing the firing or, and one of the people behind Babylon B sold their share. I thought that's an, a pretty interesting development on that front. So now we're going to talk about, uh, unless you have anything else to say about Joel Berry. I kind of said my piece with the article. I mean, again, if you want to win on abortion, you got to highlight the fact that 40% of these women are repeat customers and just make the people that get it disgusting. Don't make the procedures disgusting because they are, but you know, you can't go, I, I mean, you probably can't, I guess, shame people with disgusting images into submission, or at least it's not going to work long-term or it's not working currently. So you got to actually go after the people that get the abortions, which would be saying that, Hey, 40% of these people are repeat customers. It's not a tragic incident. It's not a mistake. It's a lifestyle. And that's how you, I think you need to switch your branding. So uh, let's move on to Glenn Beck. Now, Glenn Beck is the original inspiration for this live stream. And then just everything happened with the whole Ben Shapiro and Candace Owens thing. So I want to start out with this because it does tie into the Candace Owens thing. I mean, this happened first, so chron chronological order. Yeah, and then I have another clip from Glenn Beck where I just think he's lying to his base. Uh, so here's the uh, first clip. No, it's not playing right. Is born, but there is something about the state of Israel that connects deeply. To me and standing up this time as opposed to every other time there has been a program or a holocaust 19 holocausts all of the programs where they would come in and just clean a town out of all the jews to have the privilege to stand with the Jew is a tremendous honor, spiritually. Can I just say, I thought it was pronounced pogroms. Just saying. Um, this video, come, this clip comes from Right Wing Watch, apparently, because that was the fastest way I could find it on YouTube. But... Um, which is odd because I always kind of like associated the any a Holocaust that happened under the Soviet Union to be, you know, Bolshevik led. But, you know, who's actually who's actually doing these? Is it the Soviets? I mean, I don't know what he's referring to as far as the other ones, because I know about the Armenian. Obviously, Holodomor happened, but I guess I'm assuming he's not counting that. I mean, maybe it happened more broadly Eastern Europe and not I mean, just the Soviet the Union. Pogroms, I think they claim there's 119 of those. Really? That high? Well, he, he claimed like 16 or something. I thought he said 19, but I wasn't sure if there's a one in front of that. But I mean, I think this is ironic considering he's a Mormon and, you know, there's a certain way, you know, pejorative for Mormon called Mountain Jews. So. So I want to read a letter that I wrote that I am sending to the state of Israel. To Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and the honorable officials at the state of Israel. 
I write this to you in a time of profound significance, a moment where history echoes its most harrowing and yet most resilient notes. The present-day world has eerily come to resemble the troubling shadows of the 1930s and 40s where our Jewish brothers and sisters once again bore the weight of unprecedented persecution. The drums of war beat again, and the haunting chants of prejudice against the Jewish people have once more risen from hushed murmurs to overt threats. In this moment, I have chosen to ask you for citizenship in the state of Israel. Your thoughts on that? I mean, the term cuckold gets thrown out a lot these days. I was trying to find some mood music for this cringe. but And, and this is actually like, like, why would he even care? Like, Netanyahu would probably laugh at this. It's like, wow, I don't have to even pay this guy like he's doing everything i want for free now i actually now lauren chen made the comment that she's been offered twice free all expense uh paid trips to israel by who well presumably the state actors of sorts i'm sure but yeah really but yeah she like she claimed in a live stream today that she's been offered twice all expense paid trip to israel so the, the notion that they give that there's, I guess, I don't know if it's Mossad or like a tourism a agency because Israel does have like a state tourism and antiquities agency, whether they, that will pay influencers like to basically vacation there. And, uh, who was that NBA player that was denying the moon landing? And then NASA's like, hey, we're going to offer you a tour of our facilities. And it's like, you know, can I start denying the moon and landing and you know, get some not of that? Kyrie? Was it Kyrie? I, I sounds like it would be him. Yeah, I, I think it was. That sounds like it would be him as well. But it or or Steph Curry or something like that. But that was a thing. It's like, is that what Israel's doing here? It's like, hey, you're getting a little too right wing. Let, we're going to offer you an all expenses paid trip to Israel. And you just got to stay for our timeshare presentation, right? I mean, Is apparently, that I, that's what I learned today. Apparently, that's a thing. That's conservative ink for you and, and their lies. You know, that you can buy a lot of people with some, you know, a nice vacation. Yeah, and get them to buy a Zionist timeshare. Uh, I immediately thought of Epstein as soon as I said it. Yeah, if you eat pizza when you should French fry, you're not going to have a fun time, right? If you crucifix when you should star of David, you're not going to have a fun time. So uh, that seems to be the lesson over there. That's that's wild. Uh, so I got another clip for you. And this clip is just, I think, again, this is not relevant to the Israel discussion per se. I just think this is an instance where Glenn Beck's just kind of shamelessly lying to his base. This change. Well, I was really happy to see the New York Times point out that if he goes to jail, he loses all five of those swing states then that he w otherwise would win. So if he's convicted and goes to jail, <laughs> he won't win those swing states. And they were really, uh, really great at pointing that out. It really wasn't even that strong. It was only like, what, 6% of people switch their votes yeah. if he's in jail? Yeah, 
Like it didn't make that much difference. No. Yeah, if he's in jail, yeah. now that literally, would, that would be enough to cost him the election in these polls. Uh, at yeah. least again, this is just a, it's just a poll, but still, it would be enough. However, it I'm was not amazing. Sure that, that, that's a pretty low number. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm not sure that that's true. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure either. I'm not sure that that's the true. Only, the, the only way it probably would be true is if he were kept off the ballot in those states as a result of being in prison. The and, only way, the only way, and I think you would go to the Supreme Court on this, the only way that would happen uh, is if he were convicted in the January 6th stuff. Insurrection. You think that one? Because I, I, I can't imagine people are going to be like, well, he took too many documents from his office and he mm-hmm. put them in a bathroom. Therefore, he shouldn't be president. I don't think that's real. I don't think the American people think, like, care that much about that type no. of thing. January 6th thing, I think they do. Uh, uh, your thoughts on that? Do you think January 6th is the, like the magic thing that if Trump is convicted would hurt him a lot more than, say, the other cases against him? I would say yes. I mean, again. Do you think that's the only one that would hurt him? Probably not. I mean, the more errors you take, the more damage you're taking. So the problem, like, I'm more looking at that 6%. It's just like, I'm not sure whether I believe it in favor of Trump or just not in general. Because, I mean, obviously, you know, Trump is Trump. So the question of whether he would lose 6% of his voters because they somehow haven't made a calculation that they're going to vote for him if he's in prison or not. I don't know. But I mean, uh, they, I mean, conservative Inc. ran with the story that by 5% of voters would have switched from Biden to Trump had they known about Hunter Biden, which again, I don't necessarily believe that either. I don't believe that because if you didn't know about that, you were willfully ignorant. You chose to be that ignorant that you didn't know about that story. So, I mean, I don't necessarily judge what people say they would do in a poll uh we got a good question here uh question is the covenant continual persecution of jews in history uh due to the mosaic covenant or is it part of god's wrath on them for the continual rejection of christ or is it nothing at all i kind of think it's closer to the latter because uh When you have different groups in a multicultural society, and this is where we could argue that multiculturalism doesn't work. So you have one group that's, say, Christian, and another group that's, say, not Christian. So that not Christian group is going to push for a secular society because that's in their group interest. But the group that is Christian is going to rebuff at that, and that leads to a lot of tension. Now, we could flip the tables and imagine it's Muslim, imagine it's... I mean, if you go back to Spain... The reason Spain kicked out the Jews was because they were pretty much in line with the Muslims. So it's like, yeah, the Muslims got kicked out, which, you know, no one necessarily condemns. Maybe the woke will condemn that now. But but yeah, the, the their friends also got kicked out, too. So, I mean, you got kicked out because you were part of management. Now, I think my favorite one is the it was some Jewish news organization like Heretz or like PG. Uh, jerusalem post or whatever was like on this day and was it 12 990 or something like that the jews were expelled from london for shaving coins so if you ever wondered and they i guess they framed that as like a persecution thing and so if you ever wonder why quarters have ever anything above a dot a dime or higher has ridges on it, it it's because of coin shaving 
And apparently that was a thing that was being done by a certain demographic in European history. I just think that story is wild. And that the, the fact that a Jewish publication ran that story, and I guess for the purposes of demonstrating a victim narrative, that doesn't jive well at all. But in terms of the Holocaust, the ultimate victim narrative, you don't have the Holocaust if you don't, if the Bolsheviks didn't rise up and massacre the Romanov, Romanov family. Yeah, I mean, I don't, don't think even, you have the Holocaust. You don't like, have. I don't. I don't even. That. I don't even think Hitler would be anti-Semitic if he didn't have. If that didn't happen, because I remember watching, like, I think it was like a BBC documentary called like the Hitler Chronicles that you know was briefly on Amazon for a time, but all primary sources, all like you know, footage from that day, and that was one. I guess one of the takeaways I had was that you know there's no primary source evidence that he was. Uh, anti-Semitic prior to his incarceration. Really? Yeah, like through World War One and everything. He even, I think, he even got like a medal of accommodation in World War One, like the Iron Cross that I think that he's always seen photographed in. I think he got that because of a Jewish officer. Really? But, and then they say that he, you know, there's a family kind of, member in his lineage that was Jewish, and then they kind of tried. Well drive the art art school narrative, which I don't think is true at all. He, he's a better artist than what we have now. That's unfortunate reality because modern art sucks. Um, but I don't think you have the Holocaust without the Bolsheviks. I just don't. So that, that would be my straight line connection. And the Bolsheviks, you know, it's them and the Maoists that killed the most. So that, that would be my answer to that. And in America, we don't really have a history of persecuting Jews unless you're um, Leo Frank, ADL, Leo Frank, right, of the ADL, who claims that he was he was lynched. And I don't even think he was like unjustly lynched because the governor commuted his sentence despite a lack of evidence. And then the people broke him out and uh, carried out the execution that he was originally sentenced to. So I don't think that that was wholly unjust. Yeah. Uh, says, but is he better than AI? But is he better than AI art? So can Hitler do AI art? That is the question. Uh, he'll do better fingers. I, I AI art. Like, can someone tell me what to use? I, I want to use Gab's AI, but it's just frankly not as good. Um, Gab's AI art. Is frankly where, where are the Pixar AI coming from? Uh, you, you can just type in Pixar style and AI knows. Mm -hmm. So that's how you do that. Um, so moving on in the Glenn Beck clip, that was a good question, by the way. Uh, I know maybe, you know, we obviously have looked into this and talk about it all the time. You're talking about some moderate voter, though, in a swing state. Mm. I think that would have an effect if he was convicted over it. It would be interesting to see. I don't think it would be positive. I, I think it would be hard to run a campaign from prison. And look, we <laughs> all know this it's is what they want. It has been done before. Oh, it has been mm -hmm. done before, but yeah, not successfully. No, uh, no. Not successfully. but it was a communist. It was a communist. Yeah, <laughs> yes. so. multiple communists, actually. Yeah. Uh, Peace and Freedom Party has run yes. uh, you know, candidates for prison multiple times. Right. Um, but generally speaking, very difficult to do. Suboptimal would be one, one way. And mm -hmm. like when we talk about this, 
we always talk about the actual merits of these cases. Does that make any difference at all? The, the merits of the cases have nothing to do with this story. No. What, the story is about whether these people are going to throw him in prison, whether the merits are there or not. Correct. And that's what yeah. you have to worry about if you're, if you're Donald Trump or the Republican Party. It's going to be hard. That's going to be a difficult task to achieve. To be So this part, I think, is true. I think they're being honest here. The, the Democrats are going to throw Trump in prison regardless of reasonable doubt. Anyone really arguing that point? other than Donald Trump's lawyers. I mean, one thing to even consider is that let's say he's convicted in April. November is a long way from April. So, I mean, there is a certain America short-term memory loss. Yeah. Okay. I think that, I think that certainly works in Trump's favor. Be elected from prison. And I, I don't know if <laughs> but they I will tell you, but it's I not think, impossible. I mean, I've seen uh, I, I've seen conversations. Uh, I can't remember who was who did a piece on this, but with the African-American community. And it might actually uh, help him in the African-American community, not because they want, you know, somebody who's, you know, a, a felon in. They see injustice and all of the people they think many people are have been um used and abused by the system and thrown right, into right. prison it's uh, sort of a they connect with the oppression they connect there. with the oppression and they look at that and go oh my gosh he's now one of us hmm. and look you know Donald <laughs> trump honorary black man <laughs> does he does he get can he can he say the word He'll be the most black president ever if he goes to jail. I think I still think Bill Clinton gets that honor. Uh, he, uh, he ain't going to prison. Who's the last billionaire to go to prison? Now I don't know about jail time, but I mean, but I guess it's possible to be convicted of a felony and not go to jail. I mean, the biggest question is, does he get an N-word pass with a prison sentence? Uh, that is the yeah, question we all want to know. Um, because Glenn Beck, you heard it here, honorary, Trump becomes an honorary black man by becoming a convicted felon. Uh, Sam Bankman fried mm -hmm. although isn't he no longer a billionaire because of the whole Bitcoin pop? Uh, I don't know if he lost billionaire status in that, but uh, I know a lot of super millionaires that went to prison, but I, I don't know if I can name a billionaire. No, uh, Ber Bernie Madoff. Oh, Ep Epstein didn't last in prison. He was in a holding cell. Uh, he, he got the cush cush deals of all time in 2007, I want to say, or is it 2008? Uh, and I think one of the dudes that was behind that deal was someone that Trump appointed somewhere. Uh, but I believe he also, Trump also had his lawyers, but in Trump's defense, he, he got the, for his impeachment trials, Trump brought out the dream team of lawyers that included Ken Starr and Alan Dershowitz. So Trump brought out the dream team for his impeachment trial. And then for his election trials, he brought out the, the short bus. So, you know, be that what it may. But yes, Trump, honorary black man, according to Glenn Beck, if convicted of a felony. Well, Trump could pull off these magic tricks that no one else could do. I mean, like he can he can be a multi-billionaire in a giant skyscraper and not only convince people he's a man of the people, but also that he's oppressed.
Or like he's just able to do it. But and he's you know, actually, I mean, he yes, he has his own plane, but he <laughs> yes, eats yeah. McDonald's. Yeah, I know. You know I, what I, mean? like, I think it he's works a for him. Strange right? kind of combination Hybrid. of everything. Yeah, yeah it is. is. It's fascinating yeah. to see. I mean, he really can. He is a magician when it comes to politics, and that's the thing when you look at that the movement behind him long term. There have been very few people who are able to pull that off other than him, right? Like all of, a lot of these candidates that he puts up for these and he praises don't do that well because they don't have whatever he has, right? He Donald Trump has something somewhat unique. This is not something, this is not breaking news. Uh, guy's a pretty unique dude and he's able to pull things off that other politicians or candidates cannot. Uh, he's been the only one who's really been able to do it. I mean, there's some examples of people who have similar viewpoints as him that have done okay. But really, you know, it's, it's, I, there's a, there's something magical in the recipe there that he has that no one else has. And, and he will imagine, remind you of that if you ask him. You All right. I, I want to pause right there. Cause I think that's fake news as well. I don't think that Trump's endorsement necessarily helps people in the general election. If anything, I think it actually hurts them a little bit. Uh, I, I might say it doesn't, but I mean, first thing is first is, you know, Trump has money. A lot of these people he backs don't. I mean, like in Nevada, it kind of seems like Alex Laxalt is clearly, I mean, he was endorsed by Trump and DeSantis, but, and it seems like he's clearly in the DeSantis camp going into 24. But I mean, he was $15 million going up against $50 million and lost. So, ah. Uh, I mean, let's start with the money conversation. But Please question the Trump. What Laxalt? Yes. The, yes, he, but he didn't get the rural turnout. No, and yeah. We, but, we talked last time in our elect in our election live stream. We talked about how the rural voters in you know Pennsylvania didn't show up on game day, and that seems to be the big problem. Is a lot of the MAGA voters are not showing up for off year elections. But I mean, yeah, money helps to probably get that to improve. But the Republicans have always been at a financial disadvantage as long as I can remember. Yeah. Even in 2014, when Republicans are, you know, had massive sweeping victories, we're still being outspent. Obama knew how to fundraise. He outspent McCain. He outspent Romney. Uh, you know, uh, from Hudson Blackbird, you must take the Ukrainian money. Uh, yeah. Basically, you know, they got that Ukrainian money, right? Uh, at least after 2014, they do. But I do think there's a huge... When they depose the, you know, democracy in Ukraine was bad prior to, you know, was it March or February 2014? But, but I do think there's a huge credibility gap that, you know, the voter, a lot of those rural voters believe Trump is credible. They take him at his word. They don't necessarily have that from a lot of these other candidates. So did Lombardo get endorsed by Trump? Yes, Lombardi was a Trump. Okay, endorsement. so he was one of the Trump endorsements that actually su succeeded. Now, wasn't he a former sheriff or something like that? So yes, he, he came from Clark County, so he had a lot of street cred in Clark County, which allowed him to win the entirety of the state. Uh, and with that said, you look at the candidates that weren't really endorsed by Trump in 2022 uh, and even 2021. You look at Glenn Youngkin not really or trump trump was kept out of the race in virginia and glenn youngkin won 
Uh, Trump attacked Ron DeSantis before he got reelected in 2022. And Ron DeSantis did really, really well in 2022, despite the fact that Ron DeSantis didn't have a reputation for being overperformative in the in elections in general. But that was like his seal the deal. I overperformed expectations. And then you got Brian Kemp, who Trump tried to oppose in a gubernatorial primary, who not only crushed that gubernatorial primary, but also crushed Stacey Abrams in that rematch. No, oh, I mean, that, am I missing is, any other examples here? I mean, this is why I don't necessarily buy whether 6% of people change their vote. I mean, he might just not even have that 6% of people. In and the, and the most, He's, like, you're not well, losing voters you don't even have. I mean, Kerry Lake tried to be as Trump as Trump gets and lost. And to be honest, I think she alienated the McCain base too much, which I get it. You hate those people. Those people suck. But you can't you need their votes and you need to acknowledge that you need their votes. And you, you just can't you know take a dump on them. You, you did that in the primary. You don't do that campaigning for the general election. You don't do that. It's just a stupid strategy, and it could have hurt Republicans all down ballot in Arizona as well. In terms of what's his face, who's the American Caesar guy that I'm, I, the Senate candidate Blake Masters, who I believe is running for Congress in the Arizona eighth. Uh, so you're going to see some of that. So uh, Greg Shirk uh, Shirk says he'll be next president. Know why? Ham is ten dollars a pound. Well, I don't think Trump can make that case because oh, he, come on, come on. I don't certain think Trump can make certain that case. donors don't eat pork. Come on. Okay. Muslims. Muslims. Is Obviously the, the Muslims. Um, he won't get the Muslim. You won't convince the Muslim vote by talking about ham being $10 a pound. Um, but I don't think that that'll be the case because I think if you do an exit poll, who do, do Americans trust Republicans with the economy more than Democrats? Yes. But who will the American people blame for the current economic conditions? Donald Trump or Joe Biden? What is the answer going to come down to? That will make, if they do an exit poll on that, and the answer is Joe Biden, it's game over for Trump. And I think there's a high percentage chance that the answer to that question will be Joe Biden. Or, sorry, will be Donald Trump. That more Americans will blame Donald Trump for the current economy and the 2020 lockdowns that we're still facing the repercussions of than Joe Biden. Uh, and, you know, when you talk about inflation, you got to remember Jerome Powell, Federal Reserve, was appointed by Donald Trump. And then Joe Biden exacerbated the problem. So I don't know who. The question is how much, how far back are Americans going to. Uh, carry their economic memory if trump can convince them to forget about 2020 then maybe and same rise that says rfk will be president not a chance no no chance and the question is who does rfk hurt if he gets on the ballot in enough states does he hurt the republican ticket or the democrat ticket i don't think he hurts the democrat ticket at all or enough he could hurt the Republican ticket more, or he hurts the third-party vote that's kind of always there. So uh, it's definitely uh, Biden. He's been president for three years. I Again, I think there's a strong percentage chance that enough Americans will blame Trump on game day that wouldn't necessarily, 
which would be taken off the table if a generic Republican were on the ballot. That's my theory. I could be wrong on that. I haven't seen so, a I mean, poll in that, that. In that regard, then that's where more voters, Republicans, uh, are hurt more from an RFK on the ballot would be those people that blame Trump for the lockdowns and the COVID and all that. But I don't think that base of voters is large in terms of the people in the center. I don't see... I don't because, see anyone who's pro-life going for RFK. The pro-life vote is not going to switch from Trump to RFK if I mean, Trump is the nominee. Which I I'm think there's enough is. COVID angst that, that that's where it would go if it goes anywhere. You think it goes RFK? Yeah, that, that's the argument that RFK hurts Trump more than Biden. See, I don't know if... I'm not convinced RFK can actually be an inspiring candidate. He's just been an astroturfed conservative media candidate. Because conservative media has covered him more than any Democrat media. I mean, he's got, I mean, the runway is... As soon as it's the general election time, there's going to be zero coverage of him. My thought, my theory on that. I mean... He's being entertained for a time, but that time is going to end. It's... I mean, he's got a runway, so, I mean, we'll know closer to... We'll know maybe six months from now how the RFK campaign is even whether that's even still breathing. All right. So we're, we're going to finish up this clip. I think he has another thing about 20% of the black vote. Imagine what's going to happen if he is removed from the ballots in I mean, a lot of these states. I mean, the chaos. Oh, wow. It would be civil be ugly. war. Ugly. It, it would be civil war. There'd yeah. be there. You cannot do that. They're doing the Democrats are doing everything they can to thwart the election process. And they'd love to see chaos like that. Oh, yeah, they they'd would. They'd love it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That might be the final straw. To, right. Do you think, uh, even if he gets convicted and put, if he's put in prison of some sort, I mean, I, I think that that line is makes the country unrecognizable. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know how people can rea would react to that. It's banana Republic stuff. It really, it really is. And I, it would be hard to argue anything other than that. You're putting a guy who's leading to be president in prison so that he can't be president? I mean, that is like legitimately what happens in Venezuela. Right. Yeah. Well, yep. this is this is what um, they impeached him over. The Democrats said he was going to a foreign uh, um, entity, mm -hmm. uh, Ukraine, and trying to get dirt on his cannon on his opponent <laughs> right. to be able to you know make sure he went to jail that's exactly what biden is doing yeah it really is remarkable uh, and <laughs> incredible. i i don't know i mean like like it would be one thing if they did this in the in immediate the immediate aftermath right like if right after january 6 yes. happened like they tried the quick you know sort of uh express impeachment if you will yes um, which was really really a joke but if they had done this and tried to go after him and somehow proven that he did something wrong or whatever like it may have been more acceptable to people to, to wait until he's running and winning and then be like oh by the way we've got a bunch of charges from like 12 different states everything he's ever done is wrong we all found out today like <laughs> it's like it's bizarre. so transparent that people have to be able to see through that i think I, I, but you know i don't know i i get surprised with the american people often so from texas the democrat from texas uh congresswoman jasmine crockett uh 
is worried that voters' feelings will result in a vote for Trump. Oh, no. Mm. Not yeah. feelings. Not feelings. Mm. Oh, no. Okay. She's worried about the feelings and not the facts. Well, now, you, you know why she's worried about the feelings, though, is because all black people... Uh, don't know how they're actually doing. They don't. That those uh, are the facts. Oh, they don't understand. They don't understand. Uh, they don't understand so they, two things: that they're doing way better than they think they are. Uh, the other thing is they just don't understand our system. They're too stupid. Oh, yeah, that's really that's, that's based on the yeah. color of their, of their skin? skin. Okay. Mm, yes. Wow, well, that is interesting. Yes. Well, she said also that they they feel as though they're not doing well. Right. No. And, but they are. Uh, She's got to tell yeah. them, yes, you are. Yeah, because it's the facts that yes, you are. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? It's unbelievable. I mean, just have they said anything in the last minute? I mean, they've done a lot of talking. I mean, again, yes, obviously Biden needs to shore up his his uh, black support. But, I mean, you're more likely to see black people just not show up than, than okay, show up for Trump. Here, here's my theory. Biden is the only candidate that's getting the black vote out for the Democrats. That's my theory. I don't think Kamala Harris could do it. I don't think Gavin Newsom's proven that he can do it. Well, I don't I mean, think Andrew Biden Cuomo wins, could do Biden it. Biden won the nomination because he got the black vote. John Kerry failed to do it, perhaps. I, I don't I haven't done a breakdown on the two thousand four election, but Bush won the popular vote then, so that says something. Uh so Obama could do it. John Kerry couldn't do it. But but they that is the current Democrat messaging from Biden is that, you know, you're trying to make make it look like, hey, I've improved things for black communities, which obviously isn't really true, but it is what it is. So it's kind of like they're taking the very slow meandering way of just like, I mean, Whitlock did a, a breakdown on this exact same issue because they're advertising on ESPN. So he kind of did a better breakdown at, over at Blaze than Flynn Beck is doing. I mean, and again, he can't do worse with black women than he did in 2020. Let's just put that on the table. <laughs> like you would yeah. have to like just be the most vehement, like dropping racial slurs to do worse with black women. I don't think you'd have to try. And whatever, yeah, and basically whatever he makes up with black men is already offset. And black women vote in higher proportion than black men, I think is Probably I think you got like five percent. I mean, you how do you do worse than five percent? I don't know what demographic votes 95 percent. I live in Washington D.C. Like that might be the only demographic that you know the D.C. population votes like ninety four percent Democrat, which means Trump screwed in that jury pool. By the way, um, uh, let's see. We do have some upgrade as so big red. Snake says 2004 without the war on terror, which Kerry was against. Bush did the wolf ad, which was a throwback to race Reagan's bear ad. Race mattered much less then. I also want to say thank you, Greg, for the super chat. Um, much appreciated. Uh, as we go into uh, a lot of the expenses of the evangelical dark web involved the book that's coming out, that'll be winning, not win some. So right now, the process of that book is I'm trying to get endorsements for the book from people with bigger platforms than myself, some names that you might recognize. So that's what's going on there. So 
Thank you very much. Uh, so with that said, I, I just don't see that happening because here's the thing about elections. Like if you get one demographic, it could come at the expense of another demographic. And Trump being a felon makes him an honorary black man, as Glenn Beck so uneloquently put it. Then you're going to have a bunch of suburban white women that are concerned about the rising crime that they voted for, that they voted for and not want a convicted felon in the white house you're gonna get a bunch of people that say he's a convicted felon i can't vote for that and you're you're gonna have basically never trump on steroids in the suburban communities that particularly don't like to get their hands dirty if mean tweets was bad enough in 2020 what is technical felony or technical felony gonna do i mean the problem i mean we're literally in this situation because people acted on feelings rather than facts and that's that's why they chose uh senile old man over mean tweets so will the feeling of he's oppressed just like me work well we'll find out in dc when he's on trial uh we will find out i do, don't think it'll work out in dc i think maybe he he'll win in florida I've said maybe that he'll win district of columbia for the first time in history maybe uh, cause I don't know if any Republicans ever won that. If no, Nixon and Reagan, Reagan didn't do it, unless Nixon did, but maybe it wasn't a thing in Nixon's day. So yeah. So now we got some other clips to move on to. I'm going to get that set up. So I guess now we're going to transition to the Ben Shapiro, uh, Candace Owens thing. So Candace Owens, what, I mean, what to think about her? What? What are your thoughts on Candace Owens? I have a lot of thoughts on her. I mean, but... she's obvious, like, she she's a mixed bag. Because I actually do think she has some genuine convictions. Like, I do think she's genuinely anti-vax. Okay. So that would be one example. I do think, you know, she is a little bit of a noticer over at Daily Wire. And again, I think part of that comes from, I mean, obviously she was, you know, black Marxist back in the day. And so I, and obviously, you know, she's probably in touch with her inner black woman. So, I mean, a lot of those antics and, you know, obviously like blacks and Jews are a little bit at, at tensions right now. And I think she, obviously, I, mean, kind of I think that's an actual, yeah, but I think that's actually, like, I think what she's doing on the whole, um, I guess, you know, tacitly put the JQ, I think that's actually real. Like, I don't think she's grifting. Yeah, I don't think that's grifting at all. I mean, I mean, face it, Whoopi Goldberg, who you might know best as Gangnam from Star Trek, I mean, she changed her name to Whoopi Goldberg to appear more Jewish and get more roles. And can you honestly say that that failed? I mean, we know her name. I, I know she's, you know, in Star Trek. So I'm, I'm let me pull up the Candace Owens tweet because I have another, I have like all the other tweets on here but except that one or I mean, the relevant ones do i necessarily believe she's a christian i don't know uh we'll get I to lean, that i lean no just because of the dave rubin stuff we'll we'll, uh, we'll get to that in a second so uh i got the tab ready so this is the uh exchange heard around the world and right here uh candace owens so she tweets out, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, 
for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and you shall say all manner of, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. No one can serve two masters, either you will hate one and serve and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. Uh, you cannot serve both God and money. And uh, and then Ben Shapiro tweets out, Candace, if you were, sorry, maybe I should do my impression, which my wife says I shouldn't do, but, you know, she's not watching right now. Candace. If you feel that taking money from the Daily Wire somehow comes between you and God, by all means, quit. Was that good? Okay. Was that good? Okay. Okay. So Candace says, you have been acting unprofessional and emotionally unhinged for weeks now. And we all have had to sit back and allow it and all have tried to exercise exceeding understanding for your raw emotion. But you cross a certain line when you come for scripture and read yourself into it. I will not tolerate it. I mean, there is a saying, and I, you know, I'm pretty sure the Bible says this, you know, scripture does not, God's word does not come back uh, null. I know. And I was struggling with that passage when Mike Pence quotes scripture on the debate stage. I yeah. really struggled with that passage during those times. But I mean, this one, I mean, this one didn't come back void. I mean, some, someone responded to it. So even if you put it out in the most disingenuous fashion, someone responded to it. I mean, there's this, there's the old saying, you know, the dog you the dog that yelps is the one you hit. So uh, Brian Babe says that you know Candace is, was subtweeting Ben after she re re misrepresented the facts of the in the IDF. So obviously, uh, Candace is somewhat of a truther when it comes to the whole uh, Palestinian. Israeli war. I, I said at the beginning, and I think Candace Owens and Lauren Chen and uh, Elijah Schaefer, just to name some names, um, kind of fall in this category of they are squeamish about what it takes to win a war. Now, I'm not going to pretend that the Israelis care about civilian casualties because I honestly don't think they do. Uh, and obviously, we know Hamas is just out to kill everybody and apparently do even worse. I mean, but and I guess according to their rules, because all Israelis have to serve in the military, there really isn't a civilian uh, in the Israeli conflict to them. But that doesn't excuse the, you know, the rape and the worse that they do. Doesn't excuse that. Uh, doesn't justify that at all. And I guess uh, Candace Owens, she kind of runs to any sort of contrarian news on that subject and that has put these two at odds for weeks and i think they've been at odds for a long time specifically with the kanye stuff so this civil war at the daily wire has been brewing for a while so uh do you think this was unprofessional of ben shapiro to goad someone into quitting yeah i mean it certainly proves his point i mean again you want to do the whole you know we have professionalism we we respectfully disagree we're allowed to respectfully disagree with each other but i think they should do that like i don't i'm trying to think if there's an example of like the blaze of this but uh, again he i mean you could have just not responded because again i mean even if it's subtweeting ben shapiro in particular 
again, the dog that, you know, the dog that yelps is the one you hit and you're letting her know that the, that the scripture about money impacted him. So you're playing into a stereotype, first of all. Okay, so we also got Mark Cern- or Is his name Mark? Uh, Cernovich. Mike Cernovich, who's kind of gay, by the way, apparently. apparently. It was a friend. <laughs> he says it. But um, he's become indistinguishable from a far left wing identity politics woke psycho. He's working a soft cancel culture. Uh, I didn't fire Candace. She quit. But he should look up what constructive termination is. I think he made another point regarding uh, contract law. And the fact is, if he fires Candace Owens and a talent contract over this, Daily Wire is going to have to pay out. But, you know, no, I imagine it would be closer to a Tucker Carlson situation than I. Than I mean, I don't know what uh, Stephen Crowder said about the Daily Wire contract and quitting or being fired, but uh, I don't know. There, there might be something to this that he's trying to goad her to quit in order to retain some con- kind of contractual, uh, you know, benefits, so to speak. So, man, she had a follow-up for this that was, uh, she probably tweets a thousand tweets a day, doesn't she? Um, so she had a follow-up to this that I thought was pretty interesting, and that was where she said Christ is, Lord, or Christ is king is what she would end up tweeting. So... I just like how you pick yes. a fight. You pick a fight with a pregnant woman. Oh, he did do that, didn't he? So you utter you are utterly out of line for suggesting that I cannot quote biblical scripture. Uh, and then she follows that up with Christ is King. So this is that tweet also heard around the world. Uh, the Christ is King one. You know, some people saw that as trolling, and sure, it is trolling. I also have no issues with it. And that's why it's like, man, I, I didn't hit the like button on my evangelical dark web account, nor did I do it on my personal account either. But uh, I wanted to. I almost wanted to. It's Candace Owens. <laughs> so uh, we refrain from that because I don't like Candace Owens. I don't think she's genuine about her faith. So I like the crosses up, uh, over top of Andrew Clavin above. Uh, hold on. We are going to talk about that tweet okay. that apparently I tweeted out earlier and it went viral. Right. So this is the, this is a video uh, from the Joe Rogan experience. It occurred, I believe in May of 2018. So five years ago. And here's Candace Owens talking about faith. So I had this idea when we were talking because Charlie is is an evangelical Christian. I'm not right. I believe in I. I this super smart guy is an evangelical Christian. Is, so yeah. does he believe like Jesus came back to life? Yes. Really? Yes. He's an evangelical Christian. So right? he believes that someone died. Yeah. And then three years, three days later, yeah. they came back to life and that they walked on water and. Yeah. I, I, you, I mean, you have to. I haven't really gotten into it with him because I'm not like I'm not mm-hmm. the person that should ever be like debating or or talking right. about religion. It's not my mm-hmm. like shtick, I guess. Right. So I. Ha- so what do you think of that clip? Yeah, I mean, I mean, one line I put in 
an upcoming coming article is that a lot of people like the fruit of Christianity, but they hate the tree. And that's certainly a, a you like the benefits of Christianity, but you don't like the tree. And she doesn't. Is that the article about the Muslim, former yes. Muslim to atheist, now Christian? Okay. Yes. Uh, and so we have an article on that subject coming up. I forget what her name is or don't want to don't want to mess up the pronunciation because I'm super white. Uh, but so, I mean, that kind of reminds me of that where she's kind of claiming Christianity because it's like a trad pivot. And but again, and then she gets called out on that. And then she's clearly denying the bodily resurrection here or acting like that's what he believes because he's an evangelical christian even though he's super smart only those crazy people believe that right and then she's not like that he believes these things it's not like you know all christians believe that even well, the it, catholics it, and the eastern orthodox it and it's like she doesn't even know what she believes she just is kind of accepting so some people push back on this uh, and to me, this is her clearly denying bodily resurrection. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a case of you're not going to defend even what you believe or even state what you believe. So I, I tweeted this out because this was in a. So this was in reference to this tweet, which is Candace Owens abandoned by co-workers. Uh, let the record show when Ben Shapiro attacked Candace Owens for quoting Jesus Christ on not being able to serve both God and money. Her very Christian co-workers, including Daily Wire co-founder Jeremy Burring, were nowhere to be found. Uh, he says Boeing in that. Uh, no, he's not a defense contractor. I assure you. So obviously I have a lot of issues with that picture that was put out there. Uh, but let's, let, let's kind of uh, dissect that. So Andrew Clavin on the left supports sodomy. Candace Owens doesn't believe in bodily resurrection. Jeremy Boring is a Judeo-Christian. I think I spelled. I mean, name. Jeremy Boring was. If I were a dictator, I would mandate the vaccine. I mean, he also pushed out Ben Zeislaw from the Daily Wire because he published a cho because he did the Chosen article on the Chosen and Gay Pride flag, and he has attacked uh, Candace Owens before, I believe. Uh, I think it was closer to the Kanye stuff, yeah. or maybe it was over. This has been brewing for a while, and then Matt... I mean, they had a short feud over a guy named Max Blumenthal, who is Jewish, but he's an anti-Zionist Jew. And Candace, I think, retweeted something that he said, and then Ben Shapiro and I think Jeremy Boring went after him for that, or went after her for that. So this was a couple months back, but it was. So this isn't the second clash between the two of them. So. uh Matt and, Walsh and Matt Walsh believes salvation could occur apart from Christ. And I think I'll do a video on that. And as uh, uh, Brian Babes points out that Candace Owens also defended the chosen. So that calls like an intra daily wire civil war sort of, but I mean, it resulted I would... in the ouster of Ben Zeisloft who then went to the Republic Sentinel and he's doing very good reporting there. Now I would push back. I on, wish I had the resources to do what he, he does. I, I might push back on Candace uh, and the bodily resurrection and just say Candace bought a stroller for Dave Rubin because it's uh, more of a recent using more recent evidence, but yes. But I mean, Michael Knowles generally stays out of the trauma. Like I think he stayed out, he stayed out of the Crowder drama, I believe. So I think he, that's his thing is, which I don't blame him if, of saying I'm going to not get in the middle of something that, you know, might uh, alienate some of his 
his viewers. So just by saying, I'm not going to comment on the, the workplace drama, I think is probably wise for him. Okay, so I, I do want to catch up on some chat because some people said that, hey, this is, uh, she's Catholic now. Like, is she Catholic in the same way that Cameron Bertuzzi is Catholic? Remember when, like, all these Catholics got mad at me for calling it a grift and then he doesn't convert to Catholicism like he said he would? Just saying. Just he saying. Actually never a... so no, he, he didn't can... actually convert. Okay, so he can, said he converted. This is a confirmation then... process to convert to Catholicism. You can't just convert and snap your fingers or whatever. Uh, you actually have to go through a process. It's like George Costanza when he wanted to go to Latvian Orthodoxy, except I think Eastern Orthodox is more of a process than Catholicism, but nonetheless, it's not instant, so to speak. So uh, I don't know how Catholic she really is, but someone pushed... So I, I tweeted that out. It apparently, you know, got a lot of traction, but someone said that, you know, this was, you know, she had a profession of faith after this, but no, same time, same year. She's also doing a convocation at Liberty University in which they tout her faith, even though like what, what gave the impression that she was a Christian prior to her making religion her stick? I mean, but, you know, she picked out a stroller for Dave Rubin and his child. That so, was, yeah, that. I mean, there's multiple levels of sin in that. Yes. So. That, that's and, and that's from 2022. So that's, you know, we're, we're we don't even have to go back to 2018. So this isn't before. She didn't deny the bodily resurrection before she professed faith in Christ. She was grifting and spoke at Liberty University the same year. So, and then I, I left Michael knows alone in the tweet because I don't know enough about him. It, like, like that watch has specifically denied salvation through Christ alone. I mean, he specifically denied that. But he's also pretty. He does stay out of some of that drama. Certainly more than Shapira and Boring. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's commendable. So uh, the Tucker Carlson thing is something I want to talk about as well. Um, so Tucker Carlson, obviously the biggest name in conservatism. And here's a quote from him. There's also, I can't help but notice that I... I your views reflect mine, I would say pretty much. I'm, I'm an American, I was horrified by what happened on October 7th. I also think it was pretty strange. Um, I don't really understand how it happened, but innocents died and that's awful. And I hated watching that. And I feel so sorry for the Israelis um, who were killed. However, there's an emotional response that is disproportionate, I think, on the part of some commentators. I mean, our country's being invaded right now by millions of young men whose identities we don't know, who probably don't even like America, and they're now living here. Over 100,000 Americans die every year of fentanyl. I've known a couple. Those are real tragedies. I've never seen anything like the emotion from any commentator around those tragedies as I'm watching about a foreign tragedy. I think that's odd. Th there's also, I can't help but- So your thoughts on Tucker Carlson's apparently controversial statement? I mean, that's a man that's keeping his eyes on the prize and the real problem affecting our society. And again, it was this week, uh, Wall Street Journal put 
put out a propaganda piece by a, I want to say a Likud party member and a Mossad agent, basically an op-ed that basically advocated that Americans taking the people of Gaza and Palestine into our country. So the, I mean, going back to the people that, you know, push a lot of the, you know, the Charlie Kirk quote at the beginning, but yeah, the immigration, the invasion at the border is the real threat and anything that detracts from that is basically a threat to the country in a sense where you're undermining the essentially what is a war effort to try to get people to care about the border and because that, that's the number one problem affecting this country and then the economy would probably be number two and i mean one doesn't help the other yeah that's i mean sure. they're both feeding into each other but i mean yeah tucker carlson is keeping his eyes on the prize and not losing sight of the real threat and what what he's right about is yes there is a disproportionate reaction from conservative media about this tragedy than there are other tragedies. It's not like, you know, events like, you know, terrorist attacks don't happen every day. Um, Again, let's be honest, no one's talking about Nigeria and it's worse there than whatever happened in Gaza or Israel. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, So just to catch up on some comment, uh, that's an old Joe Rogan clip. I did say when it was. It was from May or April 2018. So it is five years old. Uh, but it's also the same year she's giving convocation lectures at Liberty University, grifting off of religion. So you got to understand something about Candace Owens. She became a big name because of a hate crime committed against her, right? And then she parlayed that into a thing called social autopsy, which was a Kickstarter campaign that she launched that got banned from Kickstarter because it was basically, you know, we're going to dox people. Uh, basically, that's what that was. And then she got into, she tried to form an alliance with the Gamergate people, had a falling out with the Gamergate people, and then from there built a conservative audience. You can, What's funny is if you go back and see the reporting on the social autopsy thing and the Gamergate at the time, you'll see... The Breitbart comment section hate Candace Owens, and then after she has a falling out with the the Gamergate ladies, the Breitbart comment section's in her corner. It is crazy, and it's like two days apart. Like, the same crowd hated her. And then from there, she built a platform of red pill conservatism. And then, and here's something else I tweeted that Candace Owens is the product of Judeo uh, Judeo-Christian conservatism because they love tokenism. She fit that bill. That's why she was on PragerU. She became a PragerU person and then she became a Daily Wire person, I believe. Is a traje- uh the history of her career. So that's why we have Candace Owens is because of certain people uh Dennis Prager for instance, seriously elevated her platform as did Charlie Kirk. So, you know, she's a product of Judeo-Christian conservatism. And it's just so ironic that they're trying to take her. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the whole, you know, attractive uh, black woman conservative is kind of a trip that's being elevated because you saw this with Kim Klasik, who got from, you know, Maryland, Maryland Congress candidate 
In she used to be seven, a stripper, you know. Yeah, in this what set, and it was a 70-30 district, but she got plenty of money to run and get her butt kicked twice in the same year. She got to speak at the RNC. Yeah, so I mean, it, it is. She's so, not the only person to exploit this. This. Trip. So, what side was of uh, GamerGate was Candace on? She tried to side with the people, the the liberal ladies that were game developers or whatever. Uh, she tried to side with them, but it didn't work out because they didn't like her social autopsy idea. Because they, even they thought it was bad. And yeah, so th that's the history of her, and that's why she's a thing. But Candace Owens at least called out uh, Kim Plasek, so give her credit on that. You know, she knows she game it, recognized it's strange game. It came recognized game. She knows what competition. She, yeah, she knows competition when she sees it. Uh, that that she does, and no one's know, not on everyone does because you, you got people like Michael O'Fallon who see anything as competition, and you know they don't like people like us. So you know, game recognized game, and. She knows to snuff it out. So you can't, so, can't Candace might be the number one now, figure in conservative ink that starts drama now. It used to be Elijah Schaefer. Now I think it is firmly Candace Owens. Yeah, uh, someone mentioned that he was, you know, booted from Blaze TV over the Sydney Watson thing, which have you if you've read that lawsuit like I have, it's wild. I mean, it's like there's no way she's gonna win this lawsuit. Uh, because, you know, it all depends on the conditions of the contract and the show is ill-defined, you know, how many penis jokes are on the show is not, uh, anyway, it is a, you know, that lawsuit is a textbook reason why you don't hire feminist in conservative media, because they will just sue you for sexual harassment. They will weaponize that against you because that's your break the glass if my career fails. So, uh, you didn't like uh, Candace Owens airing uh, Crowder's dirty laundry. And the funny thing is that she was professionally jealous that Crowder broke that story on the Nashville manifesto or the Tranifesto. She was professionally jealous that Crowder broke that story. So, and that's why she didn't want to promote it. And then she's promoting something that she has no real source and information on, which I have a rumor mill that says that what she's saying is possibly true, but if Candace Owens is the only one reporting on it, not safe to even touch it. So, uh, that being said, you got anything else you want to cover? Because that uh, any because I, mean, I do can got we talk maybe, about can we talk about Nikki Haley for president? Uh, her man, I had that in the description. Let me read the description that I had in my live stream announcement. Because that was hilarious. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. It was a smart person joke, I think. But let's see if you guys are smart. <laughs> uh, enough to appreciate my humor. So live stream discussing conservative ink features a lot of topics such as some Glenn Beck content that I've wanted to talk about. The Ben Shapiro, Candace Owens feud, Joel Berry's feminism, and Nikki Haley's Dharam Yud against Anans. And that is like a Hindu Sikh word for justified righteous war. So I, I you know, I, I busted that in because I think that's funny. Because you know, uh, I don't know, I'm a, a little nerdy like that. So that is uh, Nikki Haley. So what are your thoughts on her war against the nuns? I mean, 
she's getting slammed a lot harder than Jordan Peterson was for making similar content comments, except she's wants more state power behind it. But obviously it's, it's the same exact, uh, it's the same point, you know, no more anonymous accounts, uh, no more anonymous trolls online. Like she's basically doing what Jordan Peterson did and getting a lot more flack for it. I, I do got one more thing. That's pretty funny to talk about. But obviously, and we're to end on a good note, I guess. But obviously, she's not running for president of the United States. Uh, Godward podcast says, uh, read Galatians. And I am in the middle of Galatians, by the way. So, very good time to be reading Galatians. Well, but I'm, in, I'm in, time to read Galatians. I'm in Matthew. So, Candace Owens' Bible tweeting was, you know, well, close to where I'm at right now. Yeah, I'm specifically in Galatians 4, which is, you know, the anti dispy one of the anti dispy chapters so i don't i think the primary is over for nikki haley but i don't think nikki haley stood a chance of winning i saw a poll out of iowa and i don't know whether this was exclusive like you had to choose wh- who's the one you're most opposed to winning the nomination like who's the person you're most opposed to because the numbers maybe add up to 100 they certainly do not go past 100 it was chris christie was like at 30% opposition rate Trump was somewhere in the mid twenties and then Nikki Haley was double digits as well. Everyone else, even Vivek as polarizing as he is was single digits. So I think this was a most, um, who do you most oppose in the Iowa caucus was the poll. And it was Christy Trump and Haley were one, two, and three. Your thoughts on that? Christy Trump Haley. Yes. I mean, not surprising and then Vivek and Ramas, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy and Ron DeSantis were tied, but I mean, it probably they were just like shows, at 5%. But it does probably just show the impact of the recent debate probably being very negligible. I mean, I think it's bad for Nikki Haley if you're already at double digits. And that's before the Anon comment, her fatwa against being Anon on social media, like many of you guys in the chat are. <laughs> so uh, I do got one more. Th- treat for you and then we'll uh wrap up this one's pretty hilarious are you familiar with the whatever podcast oh, yeah, yeah I'm familiar. well this is a treat is i just candace gotta find my... is this candace owens on whatever no oh. we are going to discuss modesty and women modesty hmm, my favorite subject your favorite subject i don't know <laughs> Fifteen second points. Go ahead. I think that was a no, really no, 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 no. Hold on. She goes first, then you. Go ahead. Um, I was just gonna ask you something. Sure. You're a bikini barista, right? Yes. And a hardcore conservative I, kind of, or some like you're on. Leaning, I'm not hardcore. Conservative, you're leaning no. right. Yeah. So. In- uh, no audio. Uh, I'm hearing it. You hearing the audio in the chat? Uh, bump up the audio. You don't like sex work? No. So why do you think, and you're a Christian, so how are you a Christian 
and against sex work, but yet you're in a bikini all day serving food and getting tips. You don't think that Christians you don't think that Christians can I just go to don't. the beach in a bikini? You don't think that Christians Yeah, but that's can... still So this is the whatever podcast. It's a dating podcast and the person that's a bikini uh barista which is exactly what it sounds like the person that's a bikini bikini barista claims to be a christian claims to be a traditional modest woman so i wanted to end on a positive note but this is i mean i hilarious. i feel like i need a picture to make a judgment call we will <laughs> for a friend for a friend of course no. but like they're going to show her Instagram, which says okay. Christ above all. Literally on this Instagram. But like sex, that's like a lot of sex workers do like bikini barista. Uh, yeah, because you're not practicing. Well, you're not selling their pussy on the side. You're not like, mo you're not practicing modesty or anything that's in the Bible. What's so your definition like, of modesty? Not being in a bikini. Not, not okay. being in a bikini. So you want to let your wife at the beach in a bikini? I'm not saying that I wouldn't let my wife go to the beach in a bikini. You but make I extra I tips. Let's pull up You make bikini. You don't want the what's wrong with You make extra tips for being in the bikini. and I'm just just a show. Shaming sex workers like you're basically a stripper so i don't understand <laughs> a why stripper, yeah because i touch I don't, people I don't and i dance fair. on people for money uh, do you I have a problem just she's like not, did you have a, a man stripper. did you have a i think that calling her a stripper is pretty comparable again i i again i need to actually know what we're talking about as far as bikini late i i think it's I, mean, I think it's exactly as it sounds that she works at a coffee bar in a bikini. Like this is. Yeah. I mean, it sounds pretty bad. Like, you know, I'm a, think, why not just say you work at Hooters or something like, which probably yeah. isn't as bad. I don't, as that. I, I mean, I don't know. I've never been to Hooters. I don't know whether it has like a reputation that like exceeds, like exceeds it, what it actually is. Like, I don't know. So, Chase, who's the base Chad, by the way, uh, basically is saying, you know, you know, swimming in bikini is one thing, but working a bikini is different. I actually would agree with that. No, it doesn't mean both are right. Doesn't mean both. But it's clear that if you're working in a bikini and you're serving coffee, the, the whole value proposition of that establishment is not the coffee. It's the boobies. Well, let's just say as the guy that's been on a lot of time on the dating apps, there's a sliding scale of what is a slutty bikini and what is a modest bikini. And yes, I'm not even saying this facetiously, but there is a difference between this is, you know, what a promiscuous woman wears when she wears a bikini, like a promiscuous woman will wear a certain type of bikini and just the normal bikini is perfectly fine. I don't like, I, I do think there's a, there's slut bikinis out there. It's I, an I think, actual thing. I think she uh clearly falls in the la in the slut bikini category i'll be the judge okay well you will definitely man that, like cheated that. on you with no in fact i had a really good father that raised me to have morals me too and he's watching and he's very proud of here, me for my accomplishments it, it i pay his rent degree, so thank you very much in, babe. in your notes to us you but... said most people don't date for... wait only fans girl with the father in her life that's a shock or did you have something really quick it's not quick. You already know. Can you just give know. us a 20 second blurb? What is it? I wanted to say that I actually really appreciated his argument against, you know, the concept of rights. Like it was a really good thought provoking f 
way to put things that rights don't actually exist. I would like to say for consideration, rights were taken away. That is why the concept we of can't right take away something that doesn't exist. Okay. Interruption? Interrupting? Oh, sorry. Go. Rights were taken away. The, the concept that we have of rights was taken away from black people and other groups which we would consider minorities. That is why the concept has to exist, just to verbalize what was taken away from minority groups. This is why okay, so is bad. for you, mm -hmm. you said in your pre-show notes to us, most people don't date for marriage anymore. It's extremely hard to find a traditional wife husband who wants to raise their children under bi biblical values. Yeah. Um, now, I, I guess my question for you is, how do you reconcile that statement with the fact that you you are a bikini, excuse me, bikini barista, mm -hmm. and don't appear all that traditional? in your social media presence. And that's why I wanted to, if we can pull up the Instagram, just. So I want to pause right here. Uh, yeah, he's asking the obvious question and she put it in the show notes. And her answer is going to be to like, deny that it's a problem for her in the sense that she doesn't care. Well, it depends on what you mean by ahead, traditional. Nick. Traditional to me means submitting to your husband. Traditional to me means being a good Christian. It means being- How can about, you find but one what about modesty? What do you mean? I am modest. In the current, <laughs> currently, but like, like while you're uh, at my, place. my actions, I am a very, very modest person. Sex work is not modest. I'm not she's in not, sex she's work. Not, she's, not she's not a sex worker, worker but, nice. but look, to, I'm to, definitely, I would never touch needs, someone for money. Don't, I would never do man. anything gross like that for money. I'm good. What was your name again? Savannah. Savannah. Mm -hmm. uh, to, to Brian's point, look, you're a beautiful woman. You're intelligent. Thank I think you. you're well spoken. Thank you. You're welcome. To Brian's point, I, I haven't seen your social media. It sounds like there's pro is there an abundance of bikini pics? <laughs> yes. Here, we'll pull it up just for. Okay. I'm proud of my body. Like, Scroll there's down nothing. There. So the I, thing is. Hold on, I want to pause. It says Christ above all else. Okay. I mean, honestly, the whole bikini barista thing is the least of my problems. Those are, I mean. That's the least of your problems when you see this. <laughs> yes. Because she actually looks like an OnlyFans model. On this I mean, those are, those are fake boobs, clearly. She has fake lips and probably also a fake nose. I don't, I don't even think that was a straw man. Like, I think they're caping for her a lot because she said some base things on abortion. This is that everybody associates nudity to sexuality and to Playboy money is not the same. We must stay focused, brothers. We and must if you're lusting over focused. me, that is your, that is that your I sin. This I completely disagree with. Hold on one second. Okay, so, uh, Brian, what was her statement about finding it? difficult to find okay. most people don't date all the strippers it's extremely hard to find a tra traditional wife okay were those slutty bikinis just to follow up on that yes okay so if i saw that. that if i saw that on a dating app i would assume she was a slut or uh or again an only fans model because if the shoe fits in this case if the bikini fits which it barely does so. husband who wants to raise their children under biblical values okay so so how do you reconcile i'm, that I'm saying this i'm saying this with all due respect yeah. I, I genuinely respect you. Thank you as a traditional christian man who wants a traditional christian wife mm -hmm. to be quite frank if i saw your instagram page immediately i would be i would write you off as a non-traditional sure. non-christian woman i would assume that you weren't christian mm. 
when I see a woman's Instagram page and I see bikini pictures all over the place, showing off the booty, all that kind of stuff, I'm like, yo, this is the exact opposite of modesty. Mm -hmm. And I'm not interested in that. And I would argue that you are probably making it much more difficult on yourself to find the kind of man that your heart longs for by living this kind of lifestyle where you're posting these images of yourself. Because I know a lot of Christ traditional Christian dudes, a lot of them, across the board, they want modesty in women, and they would not classify mm -hmm. that Instagram page as modest. Sure, that's fine. I'm not really looking for a husband, though. I was just stating that it is hard, to Can be I, fair. Part of Can the I reason why it's not. hard is because I think you would be, I think you're making it harder on yourself with the job that you work and also with your Instagram presence. Okay, sure, that's valid. So, I mean, honestly, one thing I always, I gotta say one thing about the Whatever podcast, and every time I watch, see clips of it i want a pickle helm which is the helmet that she's wearing i want a pickle helm but anyway yeah she's basically like i'm a traditional woman i'm a christian christ above all else but i'm not really looking for marriage well again how she's positioned in this video you don't necessarily see all the fake equipment she has the lips well okay yeah a little bit you see it more up here on the face but you don't like she's actually not dressing like a slut, which is very common on that show. And honestly, it's very common in this episode, even honestly, her like the bikini barista thing is the least of my problems. Like the Instagram account. Okay. Do you think that she's not looking for marriage, but she's also looking for, you know, for lack of a better term, penis? Like I would be shocked if she's not a, uh, you know, selling. If she doesn't have, you would be shocked if she didn't have a double digit body count. Well, that too, but I would be shocked if she wasn't trying to sell you a premium subscription for like $10 a month, because that's the type of content women that do that put out. Uh, Yelma says she 100% goes to a prosperity church. Well, and, and what's funny is you see a lot of these people that aren't only fans models, but they're on they, they make money off of their appearance and on social media and they a lot of them have like an evangelifish mindset so it, it's weird but and it's like and they can't reconcile that with what they do so it's weird um same right I wouldn't be shocked if uh, she was a virgin but a legalist. I I, I don't know. It, she's definitely uh, she has some sort of code that she follows, but it's clearly not one that's really oh. reconcilable with the Christian faith. I mean, okay. Christian on Sunday and pagan back Saturday pagan, night. Yeah, back to pagan on Monday. I don't know. Uh, Walk of Shame Saturday, Church Sunday. And isn't it using sexualization to get money? No, I'm not doing anything sexual at all. You literally are in a bikini with your ass out getting tips. I know how well, it works. She wants okay. to smoke. Well, I just, <laughs> just yeah, like, to, like okay, are you not, you get tips just like can you not be tips. a bikini? Being a bikini and being no, a Christian? Not, yeah, like, wait, what the yeah, fuck? No, Azure, no. It's Azure, right? But this I give you credit. It is, look, I give it you is credit. not modesty. You, you want the well, it depends on your definition of modesty. Okay, so my definition. In Europe, it's considered modesty, right?
Okay, in Europe, it is not considered modest to be a bikini barista. Okay, can we just point out the fact that what makes it especially immodest is the equipment that has uh, work done to it to make it more enlarged. And I mean, more... she literally got stripper boobies put in. Yeah. And then and she's you... claiming Christ above all else. So... Now, I generally don't agree with the um, ethos on this show, but this one does have a valid point. Because... And I think the uh, host and the special guest, which would be Sovereign Bra on Twitter, uh, I think they're being too kind and they're like, no, that's a straw man. I'm like, I don't think that's a straw man. I think that's it's a not a straw man. If you it's see not that a Instagram. straw man to say that she is exactly like a stripper in a setting that doesn't allow full nudity. I, I don't think it's a straw man. Not with that Instagram. It's not. Uh, yeah, definitely not. Like if she had. Uh, I, again, not with that. Not with that Instagram. I think. I think there's some more. You go out onto a beach, uh, you're naked. Savannah. Not, Savannah yeah. Sounds you're, like it's Savannah. Just hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not Savannah, when you're getting Hold on. Savannah, you're I'm saying... I'm getting to make coffee. Ladies, please, please, With please. your ass out. Please, please so stop. So don't shame sex workers. That's all she that's wants not smoke. sex work. She Holy shit. It, it's very... In, it's it's in, not. Uh, I'm not touching anyone a, for money. You're lusting after me. I'm not doing oh, shit. I'm you, making coffee. You, Savannah, are eliciting making, lust from men by dressing this way. Well, that, that's no. the same thing. No, it's that's like that's like putting your breasts in a man's face and being like, why are you looking at them? No, it's not. Yes, it is. I would never do that. You're flaunt... You literally do it for a living. You flaunt your body. Hang on, like, let me ask there. this. Let me ask this. What's the distinction when you say Bruh. they're lusting after me? Couldn't the stripper make the same argument? Yeah, except for a stripper's yeah. touching and doing sexual. Okay, yeah, so, so, hang on, hang on. It so, seems like you're just like saying let's say the stripper, the stripper so, never no, touched him. Line let's say the stripper your... never touched him. Ever, never touched any of the, the Johns. Just showed up and shook her ass. That's all she did. Sure, I don't do that. Yeah, but let's say that's all she did, okay? She's not touching anybody now. Sure. She's using her sexualization to make money. Wouldn't just like you are, right? No. What's the distinction then? The difference is, is that you're dancing and you're shaking your ass and you're doing that to elicit a feeling to get money, right? And what is the right? bikini for? So the bikini, <laughs> exactly. no. It's so the bikini is so you can get that feeling while sipping a coffee. Uh, I'll have the vente. <laughs> the vente. I don't think they do vente, but it's like that's what the feel. That's literally what that's for. Like, is she getting tips because you know of her personality? No. And yeah, Brian Babes points out there it's okay because there's no contact. And uh, she makes sexualized poses. And I mean, that's, you know, we can't necessarily prove that, but isn't that the whole value proposition of that establishment is that you do it in a bikini? Seems like you're trying to but, like wait, justify on, just the a, reason one why. One sec, one sec, one sec, one sec, one sec. I am a Christian, but I think women should be head of household. I am all for women with stake in the game, but the sword penetrates the chalice, not the other way around. We see oh. reality. Real. Hmm. So that show, when they get a $200 super chat they through a service, they automatically read it out loud, and otherwise they don't do it. Like That's a that pretty good story. Yes. 
That's real. Yeah, thank you, Ben, man. Appreciate it. What does that mean? Um, <laughs> look, this whole idea that like it's on men to control their lust. Yes, okay. I agree men have a responsibility to control their lust, but women also have a responsibility to not elicit that lust from men. By what and I'm by, wearing. By you to choosing. To be specific. Yes. By Savannah. what I am wearing. Savannah, come on. If there's two women and one so is So am one, I eliciting that when I go to the beach speak. with my Please bikini? let me okay. speak. I apologize. If there's two, thank you. If there's two women and one of them is wearing a modest dress and the other woman is wearing a bikini that shows off her breasts and her butt. Obviously, men are going to lust. They're more likely to lust after the woman that's in a bikini with all of her curves showing. She is making a choice to wear something that shows off her body. She is going to elicit lust. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you concede that? I agree, but that is also not my responsibility okay. to be responsible let me for ask your it lust. That's, that's fine. It's, it, you, you can say it's not your responsibility, but just don't call yourself traditional or modest. Well, let me, let me ask this a different You're way. You're not. I mean... I mean, that was that was pretty good of uh, Chase. I mean, I might push back and say that there is a sense that a woman is more attractive when she dresses modestly, but you know, I, I think it's and I honestly think she is she is more attractive wearing that than she is in her Instagram. Yeah, so her wearing more clothes actually makes her more attractive than the fake equipment beneath the neckline. So. I mean, that's a hot take for sure. I, uh, let me see if there's more. That's fair. Inside, we can, we can, Inside we can of your capacity as a bikini barista, can you name a single virtue of being a bikini barista? What is a single <laughs> virtue? What, what about it is in any way virtuous? I don't, I'm not going to answer that. Like, I don't know what you're trying to get out of that question. Maybe she doesn't okay, know what so it means. If, if a guy, it's not a job a guy, that I enjoy doing. Yeah, it's not like it's my in, dream job. I have two college degrees. Do you aspire to be the Proverbs 31 wife? Uh, I don't know. Well, you agree okay. that Christians, I may not you know, just to follow know. up on this, you agree that Christians need to be virtuous, right? Sure, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. What are the virtues? I mean, I think the Proverbs 31 wife question is just very revealing about this christ above all instagram with you know fake boob bikini pictures i don't think she even knows what the problem 31 thing is so that's she doesn't know how to answer the question but yeah i mean i think she got caught flat-footed not knowing the bible passage and i don't know if she knows what the word virtue means either of being a bikini barista i never said that there was virtues yeah of being but a bikini but barista. when you're but when you're asked specifically <laughs> to say hey listen uh it's, it's not, not my problem that these guys over here all they all want to put their hands all over me they can't but they want to and that's why i make extra money i mean that, but that happens when i have there, clothes on they're doing too. something wrong that's insane no that's fine but even that's when a I hypocrisy on, and there's no the virtue yeah. there's that's no virtue yeah. you can we can agree to disagree on that but men want to do the same there's thing no when i have clothes on too i could be wearing a potato sack and men would still what? want to do that sure yeah, yeah absolutely because men have sex drives but if you're wearing a bikini it is but going is it is going to stimulate a man's sex then drive then that's just like should i wear a hijab savannah. then no you don't have to wear a like, hijab i prefer a burqa to be honest burka. you don't have to but savannah just like it's a man's job it's a man's Get responsibility to control his lust it's also a woman's responsibility if she calls herself a traditional modest, modest christian to not inspire lust abortion is a necessary evil should be strictly regulated God-given rights made up. Andrew W. Brixham, PLS, stop showing these girls half-naked pics. I don't have Insta for reason. Only three hundred and fours. Okay. Chase right. W. Wait, Thank you. Quick question: If you start dating true. a guy, you're well, what? 
about the Instagram. Yeah, yeah, no one really wanted to see that, to be honest. I mean, I'm sure some some of you people who need to repent in the comment section do need to, you know. That was it's even worse that. than the I, I imagine her barista outfit is far more modest than the rest of her Instagram. But but why are you going to a bikini barista in the first place? It's because you just want to sip and enjoy. I right? think it's because you want to jump start your day with the yeah, a you're trying to, coffee. Yeah, 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 exactly. With cream on top. No. Boyfriend or your husband, if he requested you take down those photos, would you oblige him? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Do you think it might improve your, if you were interested in dating, do you think it might improve your dating prospects in the traditional Christian male pool to remove those photos? Yeah, I, it probably would. But the thing is, is that I'm not dating right now. I'm not interested in dating right now. Oh, okay. I, I'm just, I'm just looking What I'm curious about fun. still, if you just don't mind, one last follow-up. And then I'm going to bring Selena finally in. My big curiosity here still is I'm caught up on this idea that you have no responsibility. I have no responsibility. It's their responsibility for the law. Let him finish his point. $200. Azir's only W all night. She's right. You are basically a stripper just like in states that don't allow female strippers to strip nude. Yeah. No difference. You just want to feel different from the of girls. Whatever you say. Yeah, well, in this case, this super chatter hits the nail on the head. And what the super chatter is saying is the same thing I'm going to tell you or ask you, which is <laughs> why couldn't anybody engage in sex oh, with one motorsports donated $200. Yo, thank you, Grid One. Brian, Appreciate it, man. I leave you alone for a few minutes and wow. To Savannah, would you make the same tips if you were in a modest dress? Right. Well, this, this gets to the heart of it real quick. So all of the women who are involved in any kind of sex work, you realize can use the same exact argument you just did, which is to say (laughs) the responsibility is 100% on the John. If he wasn't coming to have sex with us, then I wouldn't even be a prostitute, would I? If the John wasn't coming in to watch me strip... You're I wouldn't even be able to, to strip, that would I? Action. You're, You're doing a sexual on, action. Me, so are you. No, I'm not. Yes, what am I doing? That's You're sexual. making coffee in a bikini. That's, That's not inherently sexual. sexual. Yes, it is. T- no, it's you not. Why you does get paid for dollar tips like every other stripper. Why would a woman walk into her bedroom on her wedding night in lingerie for her husband? Because that lingerie is inherently sexual. They're very different in the sense that there's lace on it and it's different no, materials, no. but you're showing off I'm the curves covered. of your body no, to yeah. stimulate your so, man's so sex. You want, might as well just go to the beach and so you want them to believe. The you men honestly, who are buying coffee on, are tipping on, you want... in. So I will say there is a difference between what is modest at a beach and what is modest in a coffee shop. I, I do think there is a distinction in that. That's not really weighing in on the bikini debate at all. But yeah, there, there is no getting around that, you know, She's getting more tips because she's in a bikini. That's why she's, what, mid-20s and doing that? I mean, she's got a, I mean, she doesn't, uh, you know, have an account but or an OF account, but her Instagram account would be the same Instagram account of someone that does. And they're kind of touching on a debate about vice. What begets? is the supply of vice what begets demand, or is it demand that begets the supply and i think it's the supply of you know the supply of heroin is what begets a demand for heroin because at the end of the day someone's selling it someone's getting sold on it or you know same thing with the prostitute at a street corner they're the ones eliciting the demand for 
lust because because you know he, male sex drive already exists. They're trying to create a demand to pay for their services. That's the point of standing on a street corner. And the same thing with you know OnlyFans girls and Instagram and Twitter. No, it's they're trying to elicit lust. That's temptation. That is their street corner. Temptation that creates desire. Which desire gives way to sin, and sin leads way to death. So, exactly. I mean, there's internal sin as well, but what in this case the external temptation triggers that and sends people down a cycle. It's a stumbling block. Dollars like last thing, because this will make your point too. They're coming to get coffee because you're in a bikini. They could go to a better coffee shop. Then that's their issue. But could you honestly say that? But you know exactly why you're you'd work that job to make more money. It's the same reason you're posting bikini photos on your Instagram to solicit. Can you honestly say that your employer was like, I want you to wear a bikini because it's really hot in here. I don't give a shit what my employer. Is that what your employer was like? I want you to wear a bikini because it gets up to like ninety, and I'd really just. I want you to be cool while you're working. Why do you think your employer wants you to wear a bikini while you're serving coffee? That's their responsibility. If they come through because yeah, they want coffee, or they want to look at my no, ass, yeah, that's why do you Starbucks. If you, want, if you want a husband one day and you're a Christian, work at Starbucks. No, I'm good. They support abortion. Okay. Wait. We'll find another uh, hometown company. And you shop. support sex work, so. <laughs> like, no, I don't. That's literally not sex work. Yeah, it's literally sex work. It's literally sex not work. sex work. It's literally sex work. It's still soliciting your body just like a sex work. It's not sex work. And you get not se- I'm not doing anything sexual whatsoever. And then they hand you Except the sex work. After the, you ha- it's literally not sex work. Wait, Nick, what's going on? Like she's dipping, bro. Wait, no. It's the- All right. That is the end of that section. Uh, final thoughts? I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, some people have the mental capacity of hitting your head against the wall and they will go through extremes to justify their delusions. Cognitive dissonance. Yes. So I guess I wanted to play that clip because first of all, it's hilarious to me, but second of all, that's conservative media, is it not? In many ways, not a perfect representation of conservative media i mean this is a phenomenon i've certainly noticed over the years is that you know there's always like people always ask hey where are the men at where are the men at well you know in a lot of these races they literally put up the busty woman in place of probably several guys that were running in that same race you got nancy mace attractive woman you know a very nice woman you know can't keep her boyfriend's hands off her in the morning as she's going to a prayer breakfast fiance fiance my apologies but Lauren, Lauren Bobert is kind of white trash, if we're going to be honest with ourselves. And, you know, getting fondled in a, or fond, getting fondled in a movie theater or a theater. And, I mean, if that was her husband, I'd have way less of an issue with that. But And then going home and presumably sleeping with a Democrat bar owner. And... I mean, it's Boulder, Colorado, right? Or I mean, one of the areas that, that took place in. So, yeah, he's I mean, going to be. A, he was from Boulder, I think. I'm not Marjorie a, Taylor Greene. Yeah, you know, she was a looker back in the day. I, you know, I, I, I'll admit that. But she's also, isn't she also divorcing her husband? Uh, did. Her, 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 did her husband? I think divorced her, but yes. Yeah, but, it's just. Yeah, Congress just isn't great for marriage anymore, or at least of, not with millennials. There's a lot of uh, simp culture in conservative politics. And let's be honest, Brett Cooper. 
who were yes. Millie Wire to circle back to that. Does she really look like Snow White? Because I don't think so. I think it's a little forced. But yeah, hundred percent. She's a yes. product of simp culture, and is yes. that a problem on the men, or is that a problem because the people in conservative media, who, if you want to circle back to um, certain demographics, want to do this? I mean, Judeo Christianity, as we talked about earlier in the live stream, touted you know tokenism. We're gonna have Dave Rubin because he's gay. We're gonna have Candace Owens because she's black woman. We're gonna have you know, all these, all these other things, you name it. Is that also the case with, you know, bimbo white women? No, I mean, I would say the simp culture also applies to the Candace Owens and Kim Klasics of, of the world. Oh, and uh, what, a, her name is Luna down in Florida, who DeSantis, you know, helped get elected. Uh, uh, yeah, who's an actual model, like. Oh, that person won? Yes. I think I felt like I, I feel like I heard about their campaign a long time ago. Well, anyway. So, yeah, conservative media likes its uh, sim culture. And and she's a perfect representation of conservative media. She, you know, says all these things, doesn't live the lifestyle that might be most congruent to it or otherwise undermines those exact beliefs that she espouses or her target audience espouses. Here she is saying, you know, abortion should be illegal, but I'm also a quasi stripper. You know, make that make sense. And at the end of the day, it doesn't make sense. And that that's the same level of inconsistency that you see in a lot of conservative media. So I think. Um, you know, they're just lying to themselves and lying to you and conservative ink in their lies. Is that a reference to something that was written by Martin Luther? Maybe, but no, you know. I don't think so. <laughs> but, that's hey. what you're imagining that, I guess. Right. Uh, so anyway, I think that's all we got for today. Uh, but yeah, we, we segued the whatever podcast to conservative politics. It, yes, we yeah. did. Um, but I also found that that was hilarious and I had a lot of clips that I wanted to share tonight. It started with the Glenn Beck stuff and then the Joel Berry stuff. And then I wanted to include the Candace, the Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro stuff just landed in our laps. And then the whatever thing's just hilarious to me. So I, I wanted to share that with the class. Anyway, have a blessed night and we will catch you on the next one, which will be after Thanksgiving. Jared Moore is going to guest appear and talk about his book, Lust of the Flesh and why evangelicalism went gay. Or Big Eva went gay. So have a blessed night. We will catch you on the next one. Hit the like on your way out.